Hey everyone, this is Parker and excited to talk to you today about stress management and essentially the fundamentals of stress management. And my hope is to provide you just 10 simple things uh, to just keep in mind as we're looking at stress management. And before we talk into and dive into what is stress management, we, we need to understand how does arousal and stress, you know, come in. And when it comes to a performance standpoint, of once arousal and arousal regulation, once you can no longer regulate your arousal levels, then of course, stress comes into play. And you know, essentially an individual no longer has the ability and the coping resources uh, to be able to manage the arousal levels. So of course, what induces is stress itself. And, and some for some individuals that could be a stress you know, a panic attack, that anxiety feeling. Um, we've seen that with athletes and, and many of us have either felt that ourselves um, or um, have seen our teammates, our friends, family members, you know, have that big shock. You see them visually and all of a sudden they remove themselves or they fight their way through something or start yelling. You know, that's such a, a behavioral response to the heightened arousal level that they can no longer manage and so a couple of things to be thinking about when you are in that place, you know, so much of it is getting to, you know, coping resources, having more coping resources and mental skills training to control those things. But when it comes to just basic fundamentals of stress management, you know, I want to just provide you 10 things to be thinking about that will help in your own stress management and just daily reminders, um, not necessarily to live by, but definitely want to keep, you know, close to. Uh, and if one of these being out of whack uh, in your personal life, or if your your stress management skills are not as refined, these are some things that you can be doing to you know, be more successful in managing your stress levels outside of good mental skills training. So number one being just taking responsibility for your thoughts and actions, you know, understanding that how you behave internally, your inner voice and your external voice and how you behave is your responsibility. I, I talk about this a few times in my lower division sports psych class, you know, when we have that inner voice, who whose voice is that? Is that your own voice that's talking or is is that someone else's? You know, many times we have voices that are not of our own, that are relived through certain situations. And so sometimes that negative voice can be someone that was negative to us or around us at one time. And so whenever there's that negativity or even positivity, I highly encourage you to evaluate, man, whose voice is that? Whose voice is that in my head? Is that my own or is that someone else's? That's either lifting me up or beating me down. And it's always fun to be, you know, thinking about that. Whose voice is that, right? At the end of the day, though, no matter whose voice that is, internally and your own and your behaviors and your actions, you have to take responsibility. If you reacted or responded to someone who, you know, behaved inappropriately, you still have to own those actions. Number two is being on a mission you need to know why you are doing what you do, what character traits you want to possess and what you want to accomplish 
in the job and the activity and the performance that you are trying to get to and gain. We need to be on that mission and you need to identify with that mission. And for those that have served in the military of some kind and some in some form of branch, this is something that is pretty simple for you uh, to compare to and, and latch onto of the mission. You know, what is the mission? Uh, for some others, you know, you could say, what's the objective? What's the task here? What are we trying to accomplish? And for many teams, many athletes, they go, well, it's to win. But we need to remember that the scoreboard will always can can have the ability to lie. And so we need to keep going back to that of what is the mission. And so having a mission um, and knowing why you're doing what you're doing always beats that performance outcome goal overall, where this is a bigger picture goal. Number three is making your daily actions consistent with your mission. And the reason that's number three, of course, is you need to understand what is your mission first. And so we need to, you know, first go back to number two and be on a mission. Well, identify that mission. Now let's go to number three and we need to align your daily actions to meet that mission. What are we doing daily to obtain that mission? Number four is to engage in one thing at a time. We need to be confident and focused on each thing as you experience it. We need to be where your feet are in that time and be focused in that time, but confident in that space. And that's probably one of the most challenging things to accomplish is in being in an unknown or new space, new group, new team, new area, new content. It's hard to be confident in that space. But if you are focused in that time and really being there to experience it, that confidence will come over time. But you need to make sure you are engaging in one thing at a time. Number five is to focus on the process of engaging in the activity rather than the outcomes of just participation. So often you're just going to be stagnant. As my father always used to say, Parker, you're being a pedestrian out on the basketball court, right? It was more of the outcomes of participating and what did I do there rather than really engaging in that process of the game, engaging within that activity with my teammates and not just in the game itself, but in practices. And what I was doing in practices very much aligned with what I was doing in competition. And we need to really focus on the process of the activity in the practice, in the day-to-day, rather than being fixated on just the outcomes. Because if you're focusing so much on the outcomes, it's not going to align. Number six is that we need to realize that you can't control what happens around you, but you can control your response to it, both in emotion and in behavior, and that you must be in control of yourself before you can control your performance. So often we, we, we do not separate those two and we associate our performance with our behavior and our emotion, but you need to understand that performance is a response of our emotion and our behavior. That's the outcome. That's the demand. It's the performance. And if your emotions are off and your behavior is off, then of course your performance is going to be off. 
need to control yourself before you can control your performance. Number seven, develop your mental skills so you can consistently perform near the best of your ability and have something to go to when adversity strikes. Going back to specific coping resources and different mental skills training, which, which you have all been somewhat exposed to and through different peer-reviewed articles that you read of goal planning and um, arousal regulation skills, uh, you know, different emotional responses. We need to continue to develop those mental skills so that you can rely upon those coping resources when adversity, when challenges do come your way because they will. Some of the best coaches out there, what makes them different compared to the typical coach is that they are intentionally creating adversity within scenarios of their practices so that the athletes can prepare appropriately and align those behaviors and those emotions with the outcomes that we want to have so that when it happens in a competition, in a game, in a race, that you are prepared, that it is just normal behavior as a response. We need to continue to do that. Number eight with that said is to practice what you're going to do in your pressure situations. You as a boss, as a supervisor, as a coach need to implement pressure situations. I call this kind of that fire drill response, right? I'm not a huge fan of that email that goes out to supervisors and say, Hey, you know, there's a fire drill coming this week. Be ready. No, let's act like there's a fire. How are we going to respond? Because if we know it's coming, then I'm going to stay at my desk and do my work. But if there's a real fire, panic will be instilled. You need to train your athletes to control the fire response. We need to implement pressure situations. You know, as a kid, we think back to that, you know, last shot or the bottom of the ninth scenario that you create in your head as a kid. Super fun when you think about that. But we need to create that pressure situation intentionally. Guide your athletes, guide your kids through that stress, walk them through it and guide them through that so they know how to do it correctly to overcome their opponents. Number nine is to learn each day. Continue to learn something new within your field and something aligned with it each day. For each of you here, you know, this is a great first step to learn further within our discipline of kinesiology and performance and continue to go outside of that within your field you know, applying what you're learning in this class to adapt to whatever it is you're doing. We need to continue to be in a place of learning each day. And number 10, and probably one of the most important, in my opinion, is to make sure we continue to keep it simple and stay smart. Let's keep things simple. Keep life simple. As much as I love, you know, my specific discipline within the field of kinesis, being sports psychology, performance psychology, Sometimes that itself makes sport and performance very complex because we as people 
are complex. God has created us to be very unique and very complex people. Um, the intricacies between all of us that have been created, the more that we keep things simple, the easier it is to draw closer to the outcomes and the mission that's being done. So I just challenge all of you to continue to keep things simple, to stay smart and to realize how smart you are to be able to do that. And as we keep things simple, our arousal levels, our stress levels in response to that scenario and that situation are not going to be as heightened. If you continue to keep things low, keep things simple, it's going to be an easier response in coping resources so that you don't have too heightened of a stress response. Well, I hope these 10 items and fundamentals of stress management in some way ring true for you and um, are helpful in some way. And for some of you, I know I've, I've had conversations with that kind of already lived your life under these 10 guidelines, which is very awesome. And hopefully, uh, are here just as a reminder for you to continue to do what you're doing on a daily basis. And if you have any questions on these 10 things, feel free to reach out anytime and uh, we can chat. Thank you guys. Hope you have a great week. Bye.